Good morning, Brendan. It's May 29th, partly cloudy with a high of 74 degrees. Your throat mic is recording worse audio than usual. I've scheduled an appointment to have it repaired today. As a heads up, I may not be able to hear you as clearly. Uh, can you push that to after finals? Sure. Checking with your school when final projects end. Sure. I've moved that to the day after finals. You have a news update. Good morning, this is Sam Times reporting from NPR. Here's the president's speech from last night. The president said, quote, Let me be clear, the economy is stronger than ever. I know your grandparents are almost certainly not farmers. Now, I know that you listening to me aren't drivers, doctors, stock traders, or teachers. Make no mistake, whether you are able or unable to obtain a job today, we have made progress. We are so fortunate to live in a time post-automation. Unlike any other time in American history, whether you are employable or not, I know that you can put food on the table. I know that you have the health care you need. GDP, the amount of jobs available, and average salary are up. That's progress. That is so important to defend. That was an excerpt from President Garland's speech. Like and repost. Oh, could you also comment? It's so important that we put our differences aside. So-called unemployable rights activists and workers' rights activists get us nowhere. The auto is waiting for you outside. You've checked in 14 minutes early. Today, to finish up your farewell address analysis unit, I have queued up the farewell address of former President Barack Obama. As some context, he was the president from 2009 to 2017. I recommend room 306. It's perfect for quiet, independent study. begin with, our democracy won't work without a sense that everyone has economic opportunity. And the good news is that today the economy is growing again. Wages, incomes, home values, and retirement accounts are all rising again. Poverty is falling again. The wealthy are paying a fair share of taxes even as the stock market shatters records. The unemployment rate is near a 10-year low. The uninsured rate has never, ever been lower. Health care costs are rising at the slowest rate in 50 years. And I've said, and I mean it, if anyone can put together a plan that is demonstrably better, then the improvements we've made to our health care system that covers as many people at less cost, I will publicly support it. Because that, after all, is why we serve. Not to score points or take credit, but to make people's lives better. But, for all the real progress that we've made, we know it's not enough. 
Our economy doesn't work as well or grow as fast when a few prosper at the expense of a growing middle class and ladders for folks who want to get into the middle class. That's the economic argument, but stark inequality is also corrosive to our democratic idea. While the top 1% has amassed a bigger share of wealth and income, too many of our families in inner cities and in rural counties have been left behind. The laid-off factory worker, the waitress or healthcare worker who's just barely getting by and struggling to pay the bills, convinced that the game is fixed against them, that their government only serves the interests of the powerful. That's a recipe for more cynicism and polarization in our politics. Now, there are no quick fixes to this long-term trend. I agree, our trade should be fair and not just free. But the next wave of economic dislocations won't come from overseas. It will come from the relentless pace of automation that makes a lot of good middle-class jobs obsolete. And so we're going to have to forge a new social compact to guarantee all our kids the education they need, to, to give workers the power to unionize for better wages, to update the social safety net to reflect the way we live now and make more reforms to the tax code so corporations and individuals who reap the most from this new economy don't avoid their obligations to the country that's made their very success possible. We can argue about how to best achieve these goals, but we can't be complacent about the goals themselves. For if we don't create opportunity for all people, the disaffection and division that has stalled our progress will only sharpen. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. Start that in comment. I really like that line. Really relevant. Final projects are coming up soon. You should go over your profile. Hey, my name's Brendan Pierce. Feel free to call me Burr. I'm the son of Adam Pierce, Secretary of the Department of Unemployable Affairs, and I'm interested in political science and rhetoric. Uh, that's fine. Good enough. You've been matched. For your final project, reach out to Tonda Durr and Bethany Johnston. We think that they'll be the perfect fit. Here are their profiles. According to the DFTB Act, you will have 24 hours to leave your group before it becomes binding. My name is Bethany, but you can just call me Beth. My interests are all over the map. I'm into everything from chemistry to community service. Also, I'm the daughter of the lead writing curator for Workers' Rights Daily. Tonda here. In short, I'm an econ nerd. If your aggregate demand is to get in touch, do! Oh, that's so cringy. Hey, your background looks really cool. Want to meet up in the courtyard tomorrow? I've invited Beth to, but she hasn't responded yet. Respond? Yeah, I see the invite. Thanks. I added lunch at 12 in the courtyard with Tonda and Beth to your calendar. Looks like you have an eventful day tomorrow.